Today is a very special episode because I have a super guest and I was wondering if you ever read a marketing or a business article, the quote, what can be measured can be managed, is no stranger to you. But is it really true? And if we measure the wrong stuff, what does it mean? It means that we are mismanaging everything? So how do we actually measure success? Well, I guess we will figure it out today with our guest. My name is Gianluca Cinquepalmi. You have been listening to GLC Live, my podcast dedicated to business design. I'm an educator, design entrepreneur, and best-selling author. This show is dedicated to designers and entrepreneurs that, like me, want to inspire, challenge, and disrupt the business and design industry. In this episode, how do we measure success with Rachel Bethany? Ciao, Gianluca. How are you? Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Welcome. <laughs> It's all good. Thank you so much for having me, Gianluca. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this conversation. So, Rachel, you are a leading customer success for Amplitude. Can you tell us a little bit about who's Amplitude? What do you do? What are all these fantastic things that you are trying to make uh, your clients achieve? Yes, absolutely. Happy to do so. Um, and thank you very much for having me. Um, so yeah, my name is Rachel Bethany. I'm head of customer success for Amplitude Analytics. Um, I'm actually currently based in Singapore, uh, but I'm American. I spent years living uh, in Italy and in Amsterdam. Um, so I've sort of been all over. Um, what is Amplitude? Amplitude is uh, what we call a digital optimization system used by valuable brands and disruptive teams to understand and to personalize their digital products um, and really to optimize the business value of product innovation. Um, in my role leading a customer success team, um, we are focused on working with those teams to get their data together, um, but also to challenge them on what are the things that they're measuring? How are they using that data? And how are they actually using it to push the needle um, to drive the outcomes in their business that they want to achieve? Um, I've met with companies in 18 different countries, I think wow. it is, um, around the globe, had the privilege of, of talking with product teams, growth leaders. Um, you know, and my background before Amplitude was in sort of like the, the legacy big energy company space and doing digital transformation with companies like that. So For me, um, it's, it's really fascinating to dig in with companies and understand, okay, where are we today? Where are you trying to get there? And how can we make sense of all this great data that we're investing in and actually do something with it? That's amazing. So I was reading this article, um, I think is, is, a, is a study actually from uh, McKinsey that was saying that, you know, business uh, design or design-driven organization are actually growing twice as fast as their industry counterparts. And one of the issues was um, they were talking about uh, the importance of data and, and customer-centric and being customer-centric. The essence of this is how can we now analyze data that before was much harder to do, right? Um, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in the classic space, in the normal space, we were having uh, right. quite different um, uh, issues to, to, to measure data. While now, right. almost everything, if we look at the customer journey, everything can be measured. And this is where software like Amplitudes come, uh, come into play, right? Yep, yep, for sure. So do you think the... The analysis of this data is applicable only if you are a digital company, or do you think that this can be applied across the board on, on almost any company in your uh, experience? Right, right. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a really interesting question, and, and I've thought about it a fair bit since you and I first started talking. Certainly, you know, data in the sense that we think about it, especially, you know, in, in every interaction with our phones these days, um, it's easy to think of data as it relates to digital products. You know, it's easy for a, an Instacart, you know, a, a grocery delivery app or, you know, an Amazon to use data to measure outcomes. 
but the same principles behind, you know, what we do, which is questioning how your customer is really getting value and, and, and even questioning who are the customers that really matter. Like, is there a target set of users? Is there a target set of customers? Is there a target set of stakeholders, depending on your type of business? Um, and how do they get value from whatever product you offer? Your product could be digital, but your product might be an experience. Your product might be something completely not digital. But those same those same concepts absolutely apply, sure. in my opinion. And I was reading something else, uh, I believe in Fast Company, that they were talking about Nike and how Nike was going to, is projecting to go 60% of their revenue will come from direct sales by 2025. And also mm-hmm. how, which is, is, is disrupting an industry because, you know, when, when I was a kid, you, you would go to Foot Locker or something like that. Of course, and, uh, of course, of course. And now they will be much more selective. They have much more data about their customers and they are focusing on, on delivering this. And they started their uh, full-on digitalization, I believe, in 2011. So they, they were, of course, they are a mega brand and not everyone can do that. Right, um, right. But uh, one of the things that a couple of years ago I started becoming super fascinated with was the concept of the North Star metric. And this is actually how we got in touch because there is a wonderful playbook that Amplitude released on, uh, on creating North Star metric and how we can use the North Star metric as a, uh, as a tool to align our, our goals and our teams. And, uh, and you gave in a wonderful lecture <laughs> about that. And that's how I reached out. So c- can you tell us a yeah. little bit, what is the North Star metric? How do we use it? Uh, why is it important nowadays to, to actually have a, a North Star metric? Yeah. Definitely. You know, and, and I'll describe this in the context of, of digital product. But again, if you're listening, I would challenge everyone to think about, you know, what your product is and how that relates. Uh, but a North Star metric, you know, at its core is the key measure of success for your product, whatever that may be. It needs to represent the value that you deliver for your customers. Um, in a philosophical sense, the North Star is the critical element in the middle between your company vision and the impact that you have on your customers, on your users, on your stakeholders. Um, a good North Star, there are good North Stars, and I've seen terrible North Stars, (laughs) Um, a good North Star is a leading indicator of future success. To me, that's one of the easiest ways to to determine, like, is this a good North Star? Is this really meaningful? Is it leading or is it lagging? Mm. Um, And, you know, North Stars are, the concept is basically, we we think about input metrics, but basically it's it's the one metric to to rule them all, if you will. But underneath it should be an understanding of what are the different inputs at the current point in time. Like today, if I am the CEO of a company uh, and I have teams working on different things, those teams ought to be able to align to these different metrics Mm -hmm. and they should all be measurable. Each of these different pieces should be measurable. Um, and you ought to be able to, the North star should be consistent for a long period of time, but the things that you're working on beneath it that are meant to move the needle will likely change over time as your team is making progress. Um, so at its core, it's, it's a measurable metric and measure of success. So can we give an example of a good North star and a bad North star? And then I do have a challenge because I I wrote about this, um, the, the relationship of revenues and North star. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So what do we, you know, lots of, uh, examples. Um, but, uh, like a great example of a North star, if we think about Spotify, um, everybody uses Spotify. This is like easy B to C, uh, example, but Spotify's North star, like a good one is number of minutes listened by premium subscribers. So it's measurable. Um, It represents 
the action. It, it represents the behavior where they're getting value. And it even drills down into a specific seg like target segment of the user base. Um, so the measurable is obviously good number of minutes. Uh, the action that represents value is a critical piece of it. Um, but then the premium subscribers, that's reflecting the fact that Spotify's revenue model is primarily driven not by free users, but by uh, the premium subscribers. Um, so it's incorporating all of these different pieces. To me, a top example of a bad North Star um, is, you know, when I walk into a, a product team and they're telling me, oh, number of downloads. Mm. To me, that is one of, I can think of one other terrible North Star that is classic, but like that is one of the worst because it is, it's, it's, it's a metric that's telling, it's a vanity metric. It's telling you how many people went into the app store and downloaded your app and nothing more than that. And no one went, no one is, it's no, it's not a measure of any value that you're trying to deliver as a company. It has nothing to do with your company vision. It has nothing to do with the impact that your company is trying to provide. Um, you know, to me, that's like likes on an Instagram post, potentially even less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. Uh, so most of the time when I, when I work with entrepreneurs and I ask this question, what's your... Mm metric that matter what's your north star metric um of course if they are in the startup business in the digital business they have been uh trained or they heard about it or they read about it but in mm -hmm. um in other contexts in you know in italy pmi or uh, uh in italian in english is smes we call it pmi in italian mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the uh, small manufacturer, they yeah. they answer always the same way, which is, oh, you know, my revenues is my North Star. I need to make money as, yep. as much as... That's the, the other bad yeah. North Star I had in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, um, it, it's it's understandable. It's reasonable that we, yeah. we do have, you know, it, it does matter. But the, the issue here is... Can we actually, what is the value that you provide to your clients, which is? Well, and, and if you, yes, what is the, the value that you're bringing to your clients? But it's also, why are we doing any measuring at all? Is it just to see what happened last year? Or are you trying to do something about it? Because by the time the revenue drops, it's too late. It's already dropped, right? Of course. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. Go on, go on. But uh, no, I mean, that, that, that's my point. Like revenue is, you know, I've, I've debated with people who have far more experience than I do uh, on, on this one. And then, of course, the revenue matters. Um, it matters, you know, amplitude. We have a North Star, but of course we talk about the revenue all the time. But it's, it's not the North Star because it's a, a lagging indicator. And by the time you see a change there, even if you have a monthly subscription option, which is relatively regular, by the time it changes, it's too late to move the needle on any in any meaningful way. Um, and so, yeah, like it, uh, very against revenue as a North Star. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, is is um, I I believe. Uh, I talk a lot about growth and a lot about how you have to develop a growth mindset. And uh, revenue is not necessarily a good growth metric because it relates to the growth, but is a consequence. It doesn't say if your team is better than it used to be. It doesn't say that if your product is yeah. better than it used to right. be. And one example right. that I share all the time is... Um, sales but like in sale you know in fashion every fashion brand mm. does sales most of them uh, mm. but that's not their core that's that's a strat that, that's a tactic to get rid of their old stock right right salty uh, that season right <laughs> exactly but yeah. what they aim is actually to to sell at full price because that's where their value comes out the most of the mm -hmm. time. And, um, 
And when we when we talk about North Star, there is another element. Um, when when we chase too much revenue changes or or just revenue as as a, as a metric, we have mm-hmm. the issue that um, a lot of people in the organization don't understand how their work also is aligned to <laughs> to that. Absolutely. Number one Absolutely. and number two. Yep. Honestly speaking, to the final customer, to the final user of, of, of your product or service, the fact that you are making a million dollar, ten million dollar or of a trillion dollar doesn't re- they don't really care. They care about how good is the product that you are providing. Sure. And Absolutely. so um, I love this concept that I was reading in the book that when you actually measure the right things, all the organizations align. No, so everybody, yes. And, yes. and I always challenge this, I said, can you say, when I talk to entrepreneurs, I say, you know, can you say that your accountant or your, I don't know, even your the finance team or the your, legal team, the legal like, team, yeah. exactly, that, yeah. Yeah. that they can say, by doing this, you actually move the needle of our organization further. And, and for sure. A good North Star would do that. And I made this joke and I said, imagine if every time you write an email, there will be a pop up that says, hey, good job, Rachel. You just moved 0.01% right. <laughs> towards yeah, the yeah. success of the company. Completely. I mean, one of the benefits that we talk about of understanding your company North Star formula and, and also the inputs, the sort of top line underlying things prep, depth, frequency, is that you can deploy groups of people. You can deploy teams, you know, in a, a, a digital startup that might be within the product org, but it's it's within any type of company, the organizations, and and they can focus on these different contributing areas. I mean, I, I literally, you know, it's July 15th. We're starting the second half of the year right now. And this morning I met with the customer success team here. And we're, we're talking about priorities for the second half of the year. And we have a top line, like core metric that we are focused on within, you know, our global org. Mm-hmm. And I said to each one of them, as you are thinking about crafting your Q3 priorities, what, how is it going to tie specifically to that piece? And, and this is within completely different functions. This is within our customer facing, you know, account managers, but also the support team, how can they be thinking about that? You know, uh, the legal team doesn't report to me, but if I'm the legal team and and we're trying to drive, uh, you know, incremental growth, you know, how are they helping to execute on deals in a faster manner? Like I can, we, we can and these things are, should all be measurable. They can be. And it really does to me, the fact, the fact that it makes it measurable, it's, it's easier to talk about. Individuals can see their impact. And in today's, climate where you know I, I see all the headlines today about people changing jobs all of a sudden like post pandemic coming out or mid pandemic like coming through this and wanting to really see the impact and value that they give True. it's another reason why this is so important absolutely and and this is um i always say that there are five uh pillars for growth which are the purpose the people the product the processes and the practices which in in the lean yeah. in the lean uh, system, they they skip this, but I've been working with students a lot in, in my teaching time. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed uh, that I could give of value to students was uh, the practice, not only the technical processes of doing something, but, you know, one of the practices that I told them is always yeah. carry a notebook so that you, you can collect your thoughts. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. of course they they replied that they had an iphone and and they could do that (laughs) like all right as soon as you do it so uh, going back to our um to our discussion of uh, the north star um in the in the in the playbook we you say that the north star is about breath depth frequency and efficiency can can we talk a little bit about that Yes, absolutely. So, you know, and again, if we, we think about digital product uh, as an example here, um, these are the input. If, if you're literally thinking of this as a formula, the North Star formula, 
then your North Star metric is equal to breadth times depth times frequency. And then there is this fourth optional metric, depending on what your business model looks like, that is efficiency. So just to, to make this more concrete, let's think again about Spotify, you know, premium music streaming app. So your breadth measure might be number of listeners. So what is the reach of your product? What is the reach of the value that you're delivering? And how are we measuring that? On the depth side, then it might be something like content engagement. If you're the Spotify product team, uh, is there a new piece of the product experience? Is it podcasts? Is it curated playlists? Um, how much are those being, uh, what's the uptake on those new features? That's, that's measuring the depth of usage of your product. Frequency then is looking at how often these listeners are coming back. So it might just be listening frequency. What's the usage interval with which customers are coming back into your product? We always want them not just to do it once, but then to build that habit, as you say, and keep coming back. Um, and on the efficiency side, I don't think Spotify is a great example of that, but with like a grocery delivery app, it might be time to delivery or time to complete a total order. Um, so, you know, Again, one of the benefits of, of having this formula is that then you can align the discrete initiatives against those four top line metrics. And, and, and you know that playbook that you're referencing, that was compiled from conversations with companies all across the spectrum of business models. So you know B2C e-commerce, media, uh, but also like B2B, um, consumer tech, like all of these different things. And across all these different models, you know, I would challenge anyone to think about, okay, for my product, for my offering, what, what are measures of breadth, depth, and frequency, and how do those roll up into a top line measure of success? Absolutely. And so when we, when we talk about these examples of, of, finding the, the core direction for this company, right? Um, mm -hmm. can, can we also think in, um, in terms of, uh, for instance, that you were talking about, right? The, um, a company like Uber, for instance, right? Yep. Um, they, they say the number of rides completed is the success for everyone in their business model because it's good for the the customer because um, mm. the, the more customer you have, the more rides you do, the more uh, available is Uber. If you have, yep. um, it's good for the drivers. So the number of, uh, of rides means revenue yep. for the driver. So it's good for that. And yep. it aligns all the team because even the engineers can see that and they say, okay, how do I make you know, an app that is more user-friendly so that you can, mm -hmm. you know, track better or the tech team is like, you know, more accurate GPS, etc. Yeah. So can, right. can we do a, a small exercise and, and uh, try to come up with a North Star, for instance? You're going to make uh, me build a North Star on the fly, huh? Yes. <laughs> just an yeah. example. Right. Just an example. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean like that. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. So, <laughs> let, let, let's say if, if somebody is not uh, not in digital spectrum, right? Let's say mm -hmm. let's say you are selling shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are a shoe manufacturer that you have many different uh, um, outlets, and uh, you mm -hmm. sell online, okay. you sell offline, etc. What could be a north yep. star for for something like that? Well, so the piece that you mentioned about selling offline and online is is key. So yeah. we're trying to optimize, you know, are, are we trying to optimize for the offline business? And is, is that what you want to do? As you like. We can do offline and online. What do you prefer? Okay. okay. All right. So if we're not just thinking about like the online experience, the first question I would ask is, who are the most valuable users for you okay. or customers in this instance? All right. Is it one-time buyers or is it, maybe you don't know, maybe you need to spend some time looking at your data if you yeah. have purchasing data. 
Um, this is why companies like this is why e-commerce companies or any kind of commerce company wants to track loyalty information. But is there a subset of uh, power buyers, like repeat buyers who maybe four times a year they come in and make really big, do you have like whale buyers? You know, when we work with gaming companies, they actually a lot of times are trying to optimize for whale players who sure. might make up 1% of their customer base, but make up something insane, like over 75% of their purchasing. Wow. So the, the first question is always like, who are your highest value customers? Mm-hmm. Because that is, you know, we talked about revenue is a bad North Star. I don't want your North Star to be the revenue, but we need to be thinking about the revenue. Sure. So which are the ones that are most closely tied to generating revenue? Uh, then I would ask, you know, another question that I would ask of this company is, is there a particularly high value type of purchase? So if you have a set of customers, you know, you're a shoe company, are all shoes equal? Or do you have a range of inexpensive products where you're trying to get people in the door, but your actual money makers are the 900 euro Santoni shoes uh, on the very pretty display in the back? Um, you know, what is, again, what, how does this relate to your revenue model? So if I'm thinking about those two pieces, you know, alone that we just talked about, I might say a North star for this company is the number of loyal customers who purchase two or more Santoni shoes every six months. Exactly. Like, so, in, in yeah. the, if you are a retail, that would be amazing. But it's also right. related to, to the level, uh, to the value of um, the value that you provide to the customer. This is the hardest part that I try to, to explain mm. to, to organization. This is the, um, is the core challenge to me in, in developing a, a growth mindset. Like no matter what mm-hmm. you do, can you actually say that in the past five years you you actually better the the experience of of your product to your customers, right? right? So right, right. Uh, we we have great examples. We have great examples in terms of I don't know Apple, for instance, right? They mm. of course they do phones, but then they say, okay, what do you do with phones? You listen to music, so I create the AirPods and then I better the AirPods yeah. and I go. And then right. now they are coming out with the products that that in their mind, uh, what they want is, the. I, I think, I don't know, the actual North Star of Apple. <laughs> <Or> Apple. <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> yeah. to, to discover, but probably is the number of people who are, you know, very connected in their ecosystem, something like that. Is yeah, because yeah, honestly People speaking, actively leveraging the i what is it the iOS cloud? I don't remember what they call it, but the iCloud. Apple cloud yeah, with iCloud. at least with three or more devices connected, two or more exactly. devices, something like that. Yeah, because I I think in this uh, particular example, this could be a good north star because what happens, you know, I could be tempted to change my headphones. Because, you know, some, something prettier comes up or something more techy comes up. Sure. Um, or my phone. My phone is a bigger choice. But then if I have to change my headphones, my phone, my computer, my iPad, it's a big choice because just yeah. the, the sheer uh, <laughs> amount of... Oh, no, they're very sticky products. Yeah, they are sticky products because if I have to yeah. think... Uh, you know, I, I want to share with you this little story. There was a point, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I would say, that I was super disappointed with the new MacBook because, mm-hmm. you know, being a pro user, like I actually work with the Mac, I do graphics, mm-hmm. I write, I edit. No, so right, I'm a right. pro user. I was really disappointed because I was like, ah, you're not caring for the pro user anymore, right? So... Probably I didn't know that they had the M1 coming, of course. But mm. <laughs> at the end, they came up with this new product with, you know, the, the slide bar on top. And I was like, yeah, you know, 
I don't care about that. I'm, you know, if you're right. a pro I'm user, by that slide bar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and 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 the performance of my old Mac, which of course I bought the the the, 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 the highest end of, of the product, uh, mm. just because I want them to last longer, right? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what happened is the performance weren't that great. Like the new one wasn't like 10 times better, right? Yeah. So what happened is I was really disappointed and I said, okay, I'm going to try something else. So I went to the Wacom and I tried to, you know, the, the tablet studio and etc. And I couldn't really get myself, I tried the Surface, but I've been off the Windows platform for so long that it would have been really hard for me to it's to painful. it's painful right. you know change everything yeah. the files uh, you know i have tons of documents in uh, mm. i don't know pages that i need to convert or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. and so i realized in that moment that even if i wanted to change the product i was so hooked in the system because my music right. is on iCloud my you know every, my my pictures are on iCloud and as much as other products try to make it easier to switch mm-hmm. it's really hard not because it's the the iphone you know i can i usually don't change iphone every year or something like that no, i hold on to right. it but the value for me is the ecosystem is the fact that if i lose it happened to me actually in singapore i left my phone on on a cab and i and, and i lost it and well, so you didn't get it back. Singapore is famous for, for making sure you get your things back. Yeah. Nobody steals anything. I don't know. <laughs> Probably I, I actually lost it somewhere. And I yeah. literally went into an Apple store, bought a new iPhone, logged in. Boom. I was... Right. You had all your stuff again. I had all my stuff. So maybe the North Star is like that. You know, It could be one, mm. one potential North Star. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Rachel, in your opinion, how important is now that even traditional companies, conventional organization, they need to start to measure um, data in a different way. And they have to mm. start measuring even the performance of people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know, I think one of the things that we talk about at Amplitude, but that is potentially even more applicable outside of digital product companies. So if I, if you're a conventional company, the fact remains that the explosion, like the availability of choice, no matter what market, I would challenge you to give me a market segment where, where there is, has not been an increase in choice, you know, due to globalization, the internet, like all of these things for every company and product out there, your target users, your target customers have more options than they did 10 Absolutely. years ago. And no, no so it's, it's, it's a hyper competitive situation and delivering the best customer experience, be that through a digital product or otherwise is the only differentiator you have left. And that's also true. I would say the difference between now and 10 years ago is and this would take us down a whole other tangent, but uh, is Let's is, do it. is the value of marketing. To me, you know, 10 years ago, it was like you could just throw budget at ad space and you could guarantee, you know, you start with the big funnel and you would land with something at the end. But that is getting whittled away and it's no longer a differentiator anymore. Um, and so all you really have left is the actual product experience, the actual customer moment that you can deliver as a company. Absolutely. Yeah, and this opens uh, some some uncomfortable discussions I had also with people, uh, mm. you know, demonizing Amazon. And it was like, oh, Amazon is going to kill the small player or, um, mm. you know, they are destroying the market. And, and I was like, you know, you can't, you can't stop... I mean, I could also agree on a, on a on a macro level, but the fact is, mm. you can't stop progress. So they yeah. are a huge player. So no either worries. you adapt to that. So if you are a small right. player, you better start selling on Amazon. 
you know, if right. you, if you, well, <laughs> and, and you know what you talked about, you, you, you asked about an example of like a shoe store with an in-person experience and you can even like, what is it? Amazon in Seattle has even relaunched like an in-store yeah. experience. My point in bringing that up is, is that it is even they are recognizing that the remaining differentiator is experience. And so if I'm a conventional company, I'm a shoe store. If you really want to be nerdy about how we measure and optimize for success, then what is the differentiator that someone gets by coming into your store, by having a personalized experience? And how are you measuring that? So maybe your North Star for the next two quarters, if you're trying to move revenue in a certain motion, need direction needs to be, okay, how many, like, what are we doing to get people in the door and to have this experience? Because we know that people who have this experience convert to make yeah. this much purchases. If we want to look at the funnel and, uh, you know, the, the customer journey is the famous haha moment, right? So it's that moment yes. where you yes. actually go and you go like, right. wow, that's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Like where we talk about um, getting users from being just curious to actually having that aha moment of first value and then having them go back through the loop and, and want to have that value again and then build the habit. So how do you get them in the door? How do you show them? How do you get an easy win, like get them up the first rung of the ladder to a basic aha moment? And then how do you keep them climbing? Absolutely. And, and this yeah. is a, a wonderful conversation. Let's go towards that tangent because I try to explain sometimes with very little success. And, uh, and he said, look, doesn't matter which um, sector you're in, you are mm-hmm. competing with the big boys. Like everyone that sells a product or a service is competing now with Amazon, with Apple, with Nike. Not, I mean, you you are competing with this um, giants just because when people experience that level of service, mm-hmm. they they you know you get a taste of it and you really want that service. So let's make an example, right. uh, you know, stupid example in Amazon. I buy whatever I buy on Amazon if it's broken, if it doesn't work, if I don't like it. I can return it. Seven days, mm. no question asked. You just need to have the original pack and etc. Okay, right. The, right. this is right. huge. If I go in, a, in whatever store, for sure they're gonna make some troubles if you come back and oh, you wore this, you did this. Mm. Now this is an issue because then people will shift, will say, you know, if I have to do that of course i'm not gonna buy my wedding dress on amazon probably because it needs to be custom made and etc but i do expect that level of of service Mm -hmm. you know and 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 the more these companies are 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 having an impact on life of people the more people get wow this is an amazing customer service i expect this again i i I want this more right the expectations shift Exactly. So, and I have this example, I'm old enough to remember when, you know, the internet was a 56k, which means that Mm. to actually load a page of news, it would take, you know, like three minutes, five minutes, you know, like like New York Times, you would like to, 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 and now I realize how impatient I am even with mm-hmm. the 3G, sometimes when you get bad reception and the internet doesn't work, you are so you get so frustrated, so annoyed because like, oh my God, this is not instant. No, right. so right. we get Your a taste of has this. rapidly shifted towards Absolutely. the Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, I was ha- I was having a talk with a friend and she was she bought a Mac and, and she said, I you can't believe what happened. And she is in San Francisco now. And, and I said, okay, tell me, I, I want to know. I was like, I ordered the Mac two hours later. They, it was a, on, on the door and they sent it through an Uber with an Uber. <laughs> oh my God. This is bananas to me. <laughs> it's like, why are you doing that? Did it cost more? No, she didn't pay more than delivery. They just adapted to the fastest service that they could think. Wow. 
<laughs> to achieve right. customer success. And so yeah. we, this is the power of, of, uh, of a North Star metric that, that leads to customer. Like she was absolutely mind blown, right. mind blown by this. It is like, you can't believe it. I bought it on the, on the, on the site two hours later. I get a guy yeah. in an Uber that delivers me. Like, how can you compete with that? Well, you better find a way to do it because, you know, yeah. Yeah. of course. I, I, you know, that's really interesting. That remind, like, I, I did read an article in the New York Times a month or two ago that was talking about the fact that there's so much VC investment money that's been poured into obviously Apple's not new and, and Uber relatively not either, but Uber is propped up by VC money and that we live in an era where when you live in certain markets and I lived in San Francisco for four years, you know, and I'm in Singapore now you, you've lived all over the place. Uh, you have access to some of these experiences that are not profitable. They are basically VC money being thrown at these, these experience, like trying to prove that this thing can work. Mm. Um, and obviously it gets, you know, it gets talked about and there is value in that. Uh, but it is interesting that goes down a tangent too, but like go, this go. type, like, is that sustainable? Uh, this type of hyper, I mean, that's expensive. The fact that it, you know, it landed in an Uber and got to your door, but is that the future uh, experience? Probably. I, I, I don't know. Is, is it expensive? Is it more expensive than having a warehouse you know, on a third party and get UPS or FedEx, I'm not sure. Probably, right. and, and this is the power of technology in my, in my opinion, the power of data. This is what, the, the, there is so much, uh, I would love, you know, we can talk forever. When we talk about Industry 4.0, it's, it's so, mis there are so many misconceptions about it. Like this, this is. I'm not as plugged in as you. What do you mean by Industry 4.0? Is, is, well, it, we are saying that we are in the fourth industrial revolution, right? Oh, Where okay. cyber digital, yes. cyber digital yeah. is is uh, is the future, no? Yes. So, it. It, it, industry 4.0 is you know augmented reality, data, uh, IoT, Internet yeah. of okay. Things. So, if there is an algorithm that says you know we have this computer in San Francisco store, whatever I don't remember where mm -hmm. the store in San Francisco is, but probably downtown somewhere, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and the user is within five miles and we do have storage, probably it's cheaper mm -hmm. for us to have somebody call an Uber, put it in and send it, then, you know, go through the, the entire system, the entire yeah. system and process. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, I don't know. No, but imagine that you, and I'm sure they do have you it. Definitely measure it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can measure it and you say, okay, I got yeah. this order in this area is close to an Apple store. They do have stock. Why mm. not? So there is an algorithm right. that says, you know, this, this shipment goes this way, this shipment goes that way. Not only is not so, maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite, Rachel. Maybe it is not only sustainable, it's actually the cheapest way of doing it. But to right. reach that level, you do need to have the, the correct mindset of, of measuring well, these things. Right. And at the, at the very end of the day, it is putting the customer experience at and, the and I would, at, at the total center. And really at the end of, if you think about a massive platform of ecosystem, like an Apple, the pro like, what is the product that you, you are really buying into? Like you, you were talking about earlier, you know, you, you are so sticky within their ecosystem. At the end of the day, the product is not just, you know, the individual phone, the individual device. The product is the reliability of that entire system. And you have bought into Absolutely. that. And that's what they are delivering to you, reliability. Two last questions for you, Rachel, because I know that okay. I, I, we, I don't want to steal too much of your time. Okay. And it's getting late there, actually. <laughs> so what, what are the pitfalls when, when we actually measure the wrong things? What are what are the the pitfalls of of measuring something that is not relevant and it, it creates sometimes um, division in in a in a corporation uh, rather than alignment? In your opinion? Yes, great question. Um, the 
The immediate answer is that measuring the wrong thing can have you making investment uh, for a long time in the wrong direction, in the wrong strategy, um, in the wrong team, in the wrong feature set. Uh, if if you're not able, this is also why you know we talk about the fact that you need to have the metrics, but you also need to measure the metric. You need to be actively paying attention to the data. Um, if you're not measuring that feedback loop and you, you know, everybody can launch an initiative, we can launch an experiment, we can track the outcome. But the most important thing, if you're, if you're trying to approach, you know, your company, if you're trying to iterate, if you're trying to experiment, the most important thing is not getting it out there. It's measuring the impact. And if you're not doing that on a consistent basis, it might turn out that this thing you're trying, this initiative that you launched, you know, to start your second quarter of the year, is that actually moving the needle? And if it's not, then you really risk wasting all of your resources on something that's having no impact. So to me, your question, what is the risk of measuring the wrong thing? It's almost what is the risk of, of, of not measuring at all. It's okay for me if you start out with the wrong thing. It's okay for me if your experiment doesn't go well, but you have to measure it and you have to acknowledge the outcome True. and you have to talk about it. And there are there are still so many companies that I, uh, I see that they are still, um, you know, there is this um, idea of the, the CEO superhero where you know everything comes down to him or or, or mm. the manager not only the ceo mm-hmm. like if you are the leader of an organization you must have the answers and i believe this yeah. is very toxic now nowadays because yeah. uh, first of all now more than ever you need diverse team a very diverse team you need a lot of uh, different kind of um, expertise in different fields because yep. you just need it, um, and you and need also the perspectives, yeah. And and also you need to un- allow them to to discover what works for them and how it works for them. Right, um, right. That's why putting the data out there, be it digital product data or progress data within whatever it is that your company is doing keeping it locked up within the C-suite, keeping it locked up within the leaders of your company <laughs> does you no favors because Absolutely. you need you need people to be able to measure their impact and is that thing that they're trying that's tied to this input, that's tied to the North Star, how is that actually going? If you only look at it once a quarter and it's the leaders, then then no True. one's making decisions based on data. <laughs> exactly. And and this is linking back to our North Star. It's like the North Star is something that you should have clear and loud everywhere in the organization and, and talking about it, saying, look, guys, yeah. this is our North Star. This week we are down. Yeah. What happened? Oh, yeah. Who? Yeah. And he's not pointing the finger and saying, who fault is it? Because sometimes it's just no. the market. But the reaction to it is important. And I believe, I strongly believe this uh, about, um, you know, practices. So imagine that you empower every single one of your organization from the C level down to, to you know, um, the, the cleaning service. Let's say, you know, you are contributing to the yeah. success of this organization because, you know, your work matter and you are moving this metric like everything mm-hmm. that we do we do it to move this metric uh, and and everybody is aligned and when you are able to measure on on uh, on a high frequency like uh, almost to the weekly basis and say okay right, this right. week you know, real time <laughs> real yeah. time of, of course <laughs> there are exception because there are you know I would say I'll, I'll give you that. We can say weekly. <laughs> yeah, we could say that. No, there are there are companies that are very seasonal. Let's say you know, I don't know if you are a hotel yeah. in the mountains, of you know, of course. Yeah. But but even in in that downtime, you can grow. You can you can say how can we improve to you know our communication level or whatever. You know, Absolutely. one of the factors yeah. that matter. 
And um, last question that I have for you is, what is your golden rule? I love this question. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I thought about this one a little bit. Um, and, you know, the first thing that popped in my mind is, is actually not because we were talking about North Star, but truly uh, for me, you know, in, in product, but also in business, dare I say, even in life, my golden rule is avoid vanity metrics. <laughs> vanity metrics are always self-serving. They actually are not meaningful. They might make you feel good in the short term. The number of likes I got on that Instagram post, great. That's some sort of endorphin shot. But in the long term, be it for your business or your product at work or just in your life, uh, vanity metrics are going to distract you from actually making progress. Um, so, you know, I would challenge everybody to think who are your stakeholders? Is it, is it you and your life and you're trying to make progress or is it your customers in your business? Uh, and how are they actually getting value? That's amazing, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. So we, we talked about so many, so many things and, um, um, we, i would like i always try to to close the show with wrapping up in, in three key points so first of all let, let's do backwards law number one your golden rule is don't focus on the vanity metrics because they distract you to actually what is important yeah. number two is sometimes measuring the wrong thing is more detrimental than actually measuring the right thing but i would say number three is just get measure, like start measuring whatever you can. Nowadays, we are in the age of information or even better, we are in the age of data. So we must learn how to actually measure this, uh, the success that we bring to our customer. Absolutely. Measuring <laughs> lets you see impact. And that's what we're all trying to do, right? In some fashion or so measure, This is another great one, you know, like measuring lets you see impact. This this could be, you know, like our, our other one, which is very, very, yeah, very one. important. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Thank you so much, Rachel. Um, so if we want to find you, what's the best uh, channel? to find you. Absolutely. Um, you can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm there all the time. Yeah. Awesome. So LinkedIn is going to be, we're going to link a lot of information about uh, the show. So I'm going to link the, the link of Rachel from, um, from LinkedIn. And uh, maybe we can also add the, the Amplitude uh, playbook on the North Star Metric. For sure. Yes. Okay. And thank you so, so much. And uh, Rachel, it's been wonderful. I hope we can actually get together again and and um, and find another another interesting topic that we can uh, discuss about. My pleasure. And, Absolutely, Gianluca, this was great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, thank you so so much. I'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi. If you enjoy this podcast and videocast, please subscribe and follow us on glc.live for references and links once again glc.live thank you rachel for being with us thank you <laughs>